Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Now, I even make the point that black men who are dogging black women probably don't need to be with black women. I'll be honest. True. Because they're going to hurt them. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why would... I don't want you, like, I, why would you, you're going to, like, anyone who hates, for one, if you hate yourself, you're going to, hey, self-hate is contagious. Exactly. You hate yourself, you're going to spread that to the new. I don't want, I don't want, our, if a black woman loves herself, the last person she's be with someone who's going to take her self-esteem. Exactly. And that type of thing, because, you know what I'm saying, he, he, he's treating her as sloppy seconds or whatever, because that's all he can have. No, yeah. a black woman doesn't want that. Yeah. So, yeah, you go out and go find somebody else. You probably need to find somebody else. Yeah. This is Anthony Robbins host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. This is Anthony Robbins host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. We give y'all real, real long. <laughs> I've been lying for so long. I've been lying for so long. <laughs> Believe me, I'm probably a porno, pornoologist. We cannot continue to deny women or minorities access to a system that has everything but their input. What up, world? This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is Where Filter Becomes Extinct. And today's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, your voice, your independence, your platform. So join us as we work to build a list, uh, podcast listener-centric ecosystem by going to www.blogtalkradio.com. On today's show, we have creative director, filmmaker, independent artist, and DC native Khalil Ismail. He recently put out a video asking the question, are we penalizing black women for their sacrifices? How you doing today, Khalil? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I was talking to you before uh, we got started with the podcast, and I was telling you how I came about your video and uh, the subject matter. My girlfriend told me to check the video out and how you were kind of talking about black women and and where they come from. But before we get into the video and talk about the video, um, I was just wondering, could you tell the listeners and myself a little bit more about who Khalil Ismail is? Okay. So, um, you
music standpoint and even from a um, from a film standpoint, and then also doing uh, uh, mentorship and mental work and that type of thing. So, you know, I mean, it's not a you know, I don't you know, I don't know if it's a special story or anything like that. Sometimes you gotta <laughs> ask questions to pull yeah. those things out of me because it's a lot. I definitely understand. Um, I was listening to some of your music. I saw that um, after reading your bio, and I saw that you were into music, and you've released a couple of albums. And I, I know the the song yeah. that really stuck out to me when I first researched it, and uh, one of the popular songs on your latest album, um, one of your latest albums, it was Freedom, uh, the Freedom Remix, and you have it on your website. And yeah. some of the things you were saying in there, I was like, it's so, it's very rare that you hear like real life stories being told in, in relatable music. You know, a lot of times, you know, in music, people are selling you a story or they're talking about things that somebody else did and they didn't actually do. So to hear your music, I, I mean, you got some good conscious stuff and it brings me to the question, what made you get into music and what type of music were you listening to um, growing up as a Muslim? So, I, so, man, I listen to music. I listen to pretty much what everybody else listens to. Yeah. Uh, so it was, you know... um, I was definitely influenced a lot by people like uh, Lauren Hill and um, uh, I would say Tyler Quali and mostly um, uh, those those types. And then Kanye West was influenced early, not late Kanye West. Yeah. <laughs> early Kanye West. <laughs> hey, I understand, man. I think we all want the old one back. <laughs> yeah, uh, the first two albums, Kanye West, uh, you know, him. And then before that, man, she, but I also loved stuff like, I used to love, I mean, Tupac, man, I was a huge, huge Tupac fan, uh -huh. and, um, you know, Biggie was a big influence on me as well, uh, and then, um, I would say, uh, uh, Snoop was also an influence on me, so I, I liked a lot of things, and then I liked a lot of things, I liked, you know, I was, uh, my father was like a jazz musician, so he, okay. you know, I listened to, I used to listen to even a lot of music before my time, I was in 70s stuff. Um, so Donnie Hathaway and Marvin Gaye and uh, stuff like that. So I'm a, I'm a music. I like I like different types of music. Yeah. So all of that stuff. And so with the stuff that resonated with me was the stuff that was more real. So you know, you know, a lot of times Pac would talk about stuff that was you know real issues going on at the time. Exactly. Marvin Gaye was somebody who used to do that, and Lauryn Hill used to do that. So yeah. I think those are the people who really, really, really influenced me. All right. All right. Now I was looking at. Um pretty much your profile and everything a profile of work that you've been doing and i see that you like to you know help the undeserved communities and i was wondering where did that passion come from to to actually serve you know a lot of times we want to lead and we want to do things but you know to be a servant and be of servitude a lot of people don't know how to play that role so how did where did that come from yeah. from you yeah man I, I just think that was just my i think i was just born like that like you know ever since i was young i can remember like you know, when I was young, I wanted to I wanted to play ball. Yeah. I used to play ball all the time. But but the reason I one of the reasons I was wanted to play ball is so I could open up community centers and you know help feed the poor and stuff like that. So ever since I can I was little, I can remember having just these aspirations to help people. I always kind of had a sensitivity to to uh, underserved communities that were going things that were going on in the world. So you know, it just kind of grew as that. But it's always been that way. Yeah. And so I just, you know, as I as I learned what, what my talent was, you know, that's what I ended up using to, uh, to accomplish, you know, that. But that was it was a whole thing, you know, since I can remember. Yeah. And in 2015, you founded uh, Finding Peace Project. That's a nonprofit community outreach organization. Um, tell us a little bit about that and the project's initiatives. Okay, so uh, that's a, a um, initiative that I just recently. That was I was working with the Muslim uh, with, with a woman's shelter for like 
seven years, and after that, when I left there, I decided to start my own nonprofit. Uh, before that, I was doing a lot of youth mentorship um, um, and teaching, like, creative workshops as well as, you know, uh, uh, doing a lot of feeding people stuff. So what I what what I wanted what I'm working on with that is I want to do some um, we're working right now on doing some after school programming to both help those parents and children. Like for example, there are a lot of children who don't have regular food like they who go to public Baltimore City Public School. Yeah. So we want to you know so I'm working with some organizations to um, who, who are foundations who have money to kind of fund a program where we can help parents you know, take some of the pressure off parents who, you know, are having to work X amount of hours just to, be, you know, just barely getting by, you know, to feed them and then, you know, provide maybe some tutorial services and working with some educators and that type of thing. Yeah. It just kind of, my, my real goal is to kind of get people in the, uh, in the, the mindset of uh, being self-sufficient. You know, for example, with this new government, uh, a lot of funding was cut for a lot of school programming. Yeah, I heard about that. You know, that. and, you know, the bottom line is, is that this stuff happens all the time. And to me, at some point, we got to realize that we got to get to the point where it doesn't matter what they do, that we can take care of ourselves. Yeah. So if we have a little bit more, you know, the people who have a little bit more can put, give a little bit of time to get people who have a little bit less. Yeah. We get equalized situation. And one day, you know, regardless of what the government does, we will have systems in place to take care of ourselves like what we used to have. So, so with you saying that, it makes me think about like, it sounds good. And I, I'm believe me, I'm on the same boat with you because we, we try to do some of the same things here in Dallas. Um, but do sometimes I know I get burdened by doing all of this work to help better the community, to help better the black community. And then sometimes when it gets rough, do you ever feel like, are we ever going to get there or are we fighting a never ending battle that we can't win? Like, or do you think we actually can get to this point where we can take care of ourselves and our communities and to where we don't have to go to the government, you know, white people, quote unquote, I guess. Into yeah. permanent. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> Believe yeah, so me, I, mean, I get it's it. It's amazing how 
how simplifying your simplifying sometimes and trying to take it in more at a day at a time, even though you plan for years, but yeah. when you simplify and take it a day at a time, you actually get more done. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Now I want to I want to ask you the question that I've been wanting to ask all day. After watching the video mm-hmm. and listening to every you know everything that you were saying in the subject matter of the video, are we penalizing black women for their sacrifices? And if so, how do you feel like we're doing that? I mean, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, on purpose, but I think we are because yeah. you know, well, and some of us are, yeah. you know, some of obviously some of us are because I mean. I'm, I get tired of like hearing. I mean, when every time I turn around, I'm on YouTube or on social media, somebody sharing some video or some black guy talking about black women. Yeah. You know, are, are this or black women are you know you know they they always arguing and always fighting and, and you know I mean it's like have you ever been down to like the trailer park southern places where white women are? Yo, they are the most competitive people that there are. They're fighting that, that, all the time, are. ready to fight. Matter of fact, you you in Dallas, you already know. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I got hey, I, you like what you you listen to Charlemagne when he say cracker ass crackers? Yeah, hey, they, they, <laughs> it's out of here, bro. It's out of here, man. Yeah, believe me, we say this is. Man, I mean, depending you, on what part of town you in. Right, right, right. So I and I've traveled the world. In every group, you will find people who are docile. Yep. You will find people who are you know who are more submissive in Very nature. True. You will find people who are assertive. Yeah. And it's no different in the black community. It's no different. Yeah. So, but what's happening is, and I believe a lot of this has to do with the media. Yeah. Like what what's happening is because we're living in the moment. You know, black black women do have a set of unique circumstances in that, unlike many other people in the world. Like, let's take the situations going on with this woman who was just killed by the police. Yeah. I don't know if you did you hear about that. I vaguely heard so, about it. You know. Yeah, this this woman who was killed by the uh, by a black police guy, and you know, you know. People are making waves about it. One person said that it was the, it's the, you know, basically the worst thing that's ever happened by yeah. a police person, by a police, which is like an insult. Come on. Oh, that's right, because he shot, he shot the white lady, right? Yeah, he shot yeah. the white lady, right, right, right. Which I, I don't condone. You know, I don't know what happened. But yeah. I don't know any police shooting anybody. Doesn't matter what the race is or color is. Exactly. But you notice the, if you notice the difference in how it's being dealt with. Yeah. A lot of times in 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 the situation, and it's, it's not so much because of black people, but because of our systematic. Because of system, because of systematic pressure, oppression that we're dealing with, yes. we the, the the women in our communities are not protected in the same way because the stru- we don't have the structures and we don't have the institutions and the systems in place. Like for example, let's take an Im- let's take let's say it's an immigrant person, let's say an immigrant Muslim woman, something happens to her, they have like five, six, seven legal organizations who can come together and say, hey, look, exactly. this is what happened. Let's fund the investigation. Let's not stop until we actually get to the bottom of this and money talks. Yeah, well, the problem is because of our, econo- our economic situation is so shot. And then um, because the individual, because the ones who do have money are, tend to be very individualistic. Yeah. We don't have the structures in place to take care of and protect our women. So we're asking them to go out and work and be the breadwinner, and we're asking them to be the nurturer at the same time. Yeah. And when they just human beings, and sometimes, hey, say, look, man, I got all this pressure, and, and, and you know, somebody might lash out being a human being. Yeah. We act like all those other parameters didn't, you know, didn't happen. Yeah. That's true. It's like, wait a minute, hold up, hold yeah. up. There's a reason why they're in this place. And at the end of the day, you know, 
because of the fact that we are in a situation where black where black women are, are working, you, know, you will find more black women who are educated than black men. Yep. You'll find more black women who are working than black men. You know, that means there's a lot of tension, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress that they have. And somebody true. who's maybe coming home to yep. his girl who's working and making all the money. Exactly. You know, he don't have. So if she go, if she's a little bit more frustrated, look, she's not. It's not like she ain't getting up and putting in work. Yeah, that's true. And, and so, you know, so that's what I mean when I say it's like we're taking the part. We're like we're taking the the, the reaction as a result of having too much stress. Exactly. And acting like everything else is in place. Well, what about like what well, what if we were if we were in a position to be able to take care of her the way we would normally do? the way every other society does, including Africans, then, you know, then, um, then I don't believe, and I, and I would say from experience, because I'm a, I happen to be a person who, you know, is in a relationship and stuff. I don't have those problems. Yeah. I don't have those issues. You know what I'm saying? And I've, and I've been in a number of relationships where I didn't have those issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It might not have worked out, but it wasn't because, you know, you know, because of that. And then we had another issue where, no, I was saying it didn't work. It it did not work out because of the negative stereotypes that are out there about black women. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that. It was just incompatibility or something else, you know. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't this. Oh, she's more disagreeable or more argumentative or more no. Yeah. Because when you take into account the, what she's actually going through and the work that she's putting in, yeah, then you will understand the situation. It doesn't matter who you are. When you have a lot of pressure and stress on you, you're not going to act the same as you do. When you don't, when yeah. you when you have when you feel like you have a real team behind you, yeah, and you don't have to do it all, do it all yourself, and that's the bottom line. And I think it's also how you perceive things. I know um, on the video you said that eighty five percent of black men marry black women. And it's funny right. because I remember right. a couple of years ago, I think back in 2014 or 2015, they had a uh, Pew Research out and it was talking about um, blacks um, and marrying and how they had increased in non-married blacks to where it went from like 11% to 14%. So if you're looking in, one, if you're looking at it in one perspective, you'll just look at it as, okay, they, you know, black guys have already been dating outside of their race for a while now. It went from 11% to 14%. But if you look with your, you know, like a third eye, you will see that it's still not a bad situation because we are marrying each other more than anybody else, but they're creating a narrative of only showing the smaller percent and not mentioning the other half of that. Because when you look at media and the way, you know, and the content is out there, it tells you what to think, you know what I'm saying? And it's up to you to draw your own conclusion or see that other side of it. But you know, absolutely. Absolutely. By, by far. That is definitely the other part of it. You know what I'm saying? It's that, it's that, you know, and all of us buying it, you know, we buy and we tend to follow, for example, celebrity culture and we tend True. to live vicariously through celebrities and stuff. But if you're just down in, the, in just the regular hood or whatever the case may be, you will find more caring black men yeah. who just trying to make it work with their black, you know, with their black women and vice versa than anywhere else. But yeah. because, for example, we use a, a smaller percentage of people who have, I will say it probably is a little bit more prevalent amongst affluent black yeah, people yeah we do find a probably a higher percentage amongst amongst affluent black people yeah and that's a whole nother psychology that you know that you know that you know i'd love to get into some someday okay but uh <laughs> but the, and because of that we might see like like let's be real like when you see like a lot of prominent like athletes and, yeah. and it's half of them probably married to white women yeah that's true <laughs> very true it's a little bit more yeah it is a little bit more and that and that does 
does play a role in how people are perceiving things. Exactly. And so I also think, but I, but I also think that means that we have to stop looking at celebrities yeah. as as role models for how we live. Exactly. Not. But they do the same thing. They do the same thing in uh, television. You know, it's like every time I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago, and it's like when you watch all these TV shows like um, Kerry Washington and Scandal and things of that nature. It's like every yeah. powerful black woman in a position of power is not with a black man. She's always with. Yeah. A white man and then it's like yeah. the athlete and the rappers yeah. and TV shows or the gangster it's always a trashy white girl or it's you know Becky or yeah. it's whatever so the media plays a role I mean like you say the media and, and, and uh, marketing places play a role in that you see it even in commercials now where they're mixing the races and for me I personally don't have an issue with interracial dating my whole thing is if you want to date for black men speaking to black men if you want to date outside of your race go go do that my whole thing is don't go out and dog black women like I don't fuck with black women no more because because of the attitudes and all of that, like black men haven't cheated on black women or done things to them to create this mindset for these black women. And it's like black men walk out. Some black men walk out and date outside of their race and forget about, you know, black women and, and don't speak highly of them. And that's the frustrating part for me. And that's exactly, I literally just wrote an article that I want to, I'm going to publish on my blog. Uh, this probably, hopefully this week that that says that exact thing. And basically, the title of the article is "I Love Black Family, but Interracial Dating is Not the Problem." Yeah, and in it's that not. article, it actually states that very thing that the problem is the people who are going out and dogging black women, exactly. and even and I will say this: even black men who might even be with black women who are dogging. And I, I even make the point that black men who are dogging black women probably don't need to be with black women. I'll be honest, it's true because they're going to hurt them. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why would? Well, I don't want you, like, I, why would you, you're going to, like, anyone who hates, for one, if you hate yourself, you're going to, self-hate is contagious. Exactly. You hate yourself, you're going to spread that to the new. I don't want, I don't want, our, if a black woman loves herself, the last person she needs to be with someone who's going to take herself a being. Exactly. And that type of thing, because, you know what I'm saying, he, he, he's treating her as sloppy seconds or whatever, because that's all he can have. No, yeah. a black woman doesn't want that. Yeah. So, yeah, you go out and go find somebody else. You probably need to find somebody else. Yeah. True. You know, we don't. You know, you don't need to be the black woman if you have that complex with you. True. And that's the, that's the, actually the point that I make in in my article. I have the I have the exact same feeling that you do about that particular thing. Yeah. And I think that naturally, when you actually just go on and you know, just try hard to self hate and I mean to self love and educate yourself on yourself, naturally most black people are going to probably going to be attracted and gravitate towards black people. Yeah. And then there's going to be some variances there, but you don't got to worry about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the pro but there is a sentiment. There is, I will say, even amongst black people who end up with black people, there is a sentiment, especially with looks as well. But people, even from a light skin, dark skin perspective, exactly. When you find a lot of black men who will be like, you know, who it'll be a beautifully dark, a beautiful dark woman, woman, and they'll prefer, they'll say the light woman who's average looks better. Huh. And I believe that's programming. I like a lot. So I love chocolate women, man. I'm talking real right. chocolate, like yeah. Like you said, we are, we are being trained. People are being trained and programmed. You know, like uh, one of my professors back in college, she used to always say, uh, be careful when you're watching television, you know. And she would always say, <laughs> always say that. And that was funny to me. In the um, in your video, you made a statement and you said, um, as you were talking, you said, continue to try to commit even after failure. And I want you to talk about a little bit, a little bit about what you mean when you say that. And the reason I ask that is because I am a person. You could call me a commitment phobe if that, if that was even a word. But I have an issue, man, with commitment. And when I say that, 
I have an issue with commitment in relationships, but not like cheating. In a, I have it in the issue of like long term, you know, getting married, living with someone, yeah. you know, really saying, hey, yeah. putting your name on a piece of paper and saying you are mine and I'm yours. And supposedly for as long as I live, like that's hard to me. So yeah. to yeah. continue yeah. to try to commit even after failure, that's the hardest thing after heartbreak and trying to be with someone. And then it doesn't work out and to keep doing it. And I always tell people women especially black women should have a trophy because no matter how many times black women get hurt they always giving us other chances and giving another brother a chance and they're giving it to him a lot of times with a clean slate and as men if we get cheated on or get hurt one time we want to shut the whole thing down even if we've been it's, doing it right. done. Done. it's, it's crazy done. it's over absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a, I'm glad you brought, brought that up. I'm actually writing a book. I'm actually writing a book about relationships right now. Okay. Um, um, and, um, I, I go, I'm going to go in, in depth about that particular topic, especially, especially for black men who are having that issue. You know, and the reason I say continue to try to commit even after failure is because it's just like anything else in this world. Whatever you value. Yeah. And that whatever you value something, you don't stop when you fail. True. But when you actually, show when you actually decide after one or two times that it's no longer worth it to you to try to build something with a woman what you're saying is that you don't value her yeah. even if you don't mean it yeah even, even if you don't mean it you don't realize it because we live in a world where see, we live in a world where what's happening is in the, in the arena of relationships sexual relationships we we say other and every other thing, anything that we value first, we say we got to put in the work, right? Yeah. And if you put in the work and you fail and it's succeed and fail, and failure leads to success. True. But the reason why failure leads to success is because you don't stop it. Every time you, you start out and you go hard and you try your best. So when it comes to a relationship, the only way of trying your best is commitment. Uh-huh. Trying your best means to commit, right? Yeah. But in, in relationships, what we, what we say, the, dynamic, the, the ethic is, Get all your pleasure out the way first. Yeah. Have sex with as many people as you want to, you know. Yeah, do it the right way. as many people as you want first, right? And then when you get ready, then you can settle down, right? Yeah. That's but that's counterintuitive to how everything else works in this world. That's very true. If you, if you go about relationships that way where pleasure is first, then what happens is it becomes almost like a drug. It becomes... And then what happens is when it's time to actually get into a relationship that you want to be in, it's 10 times harder because you haven't been in the practice of it. You haven't been training for it. Yeah. And it's not, it's like, it's just like everything, how everything else in this world works. If you don't actually take it seriously, then when it's time to be serious, you're not going to be ready. You play ball. You know what I'm saying? The reason why Kobe Bryant was, you know, uh, you know, so clutch and hit so many clutch shots. And Michael Jordan was so clutch and hit so many clutch shots is because they practiced like they played. Yeah. But when it was time for that last second, when it was time, when it was on the line, uh, their commitment helped them not fail. Yeah. Because they had failed so many times. Michael Jordan said, I missed more shots than I made. Yeah. But the, that is the reason why I succeed. Because he did, he never stopped going just as hard before. So what we do in relationships is that once we go hard and we feel heartbroken, we say it's not worth it. It's not worth it, yeah. Because then naturally, then naturally, we we don't like to deal with emotions. Let's yeah. be real. We don't, we don't naturally emotions mess with us. We trying to work. We trying to get stuff done, and we like, man, I I can't deal with this. But we still need sex. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Very true. Biologically, we still So, you know, at the end of the day, the way we work that out is we take the shortcut when it comes to, but the problem with that is we're hurting the women in the process. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually hurting, you know, we're hurting family in the process. We're not going to build that way. And what happens? And so we wonder why when we actually get into situations. See, I'm not so much worried. I, I worry less about, when people always talk about, like, the divorce rate, I yeah. worry less about the divorce rate. And I worry more about the commitment rate. Yeah. I worry more about the commitment rate because to the divorce rate means you tried. Yeah. You actually tried. When you try, you can't lose. Regardless of whether you fail, you don't lose when you try. Yeah. If you fail, it means you have that knowledge to then go into the next thing and not make the same mistake. Exactly. But when you don't try, you keep making the same mistake. Because you don't gain the wisdom and the knowledge to go on to the next thing because that's not your goal. So, what if, so to bring it back full circle, because we've gotten into this habit of thinking that it's okay to not commit. Yeah. We don't realize that the women are losing. Because, and women are starting to do this too, by the way. So and women are not, by the way. There are more women who are now deciding, okay, you know what? I ain't trying to commit either. Exactly. You know? So we're finding this more too. So, uh, but by doing that, what we're saying is I'm not really valuing the relationship, the, the relationship aspect of my life. So I'm going to train myself to not value the relationship aspect of my life until it's time to value it. It doesn't work like that. If you don't train, you're not going to be successful when it's time when it's time to actually play ball. And it's funny that you, you say that because my question I, I was going to ask you, uh, my next question as I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to ask him, how could we as black men better serve or protect our black women, but committing more to them, yeah. being more I, I, like you've already answered it for me, trying and committing to them more. And, and not to be funny, black women are so committed to black men and so loyal yeah. to black men. And it's yeah. almost to a detriment yeah. of them because we don't even understand it at times and we don't pre appreciate it. I've been that black man who not to be funny, didn't even understand how good a woman was to me. And I was podcasting earlier yeah. and I was talking to some guys right before I got um, started interviewing you. And we were talking about how, we just don't appreciate black women and how we, like you say, we give up on them so easy, but they never give up on us. Anytime in life when we failed at anything, the first person who is supporting us is our mother, a aunt, a grandmother, a girlfriend, like a, a yep. sister, yep. a homegirl from high school. Like it's always those women. And it's, we, it's hard to get a man. Sometimes your own brother to support you the way you should get support. So I, man, I'm always giving a shout out to women, especially black women because they go through so much. And then it's almost like a, a slap in black women's face as well today in today's culture, because going even back to Sarah Bartram, when they used to have her out there and parading her around because she was a voluptuous woman and being, you know, Mm -hmm. And back in the day, I was telling people when they had black women in videos more so, they used to call them video hoes. Now it's like they're video vixens and they're light skin and it's white women. Like the like you say, the verbiage and terminology changes when speaking about black people in in situations like this black cop shooting a white woman. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, and we and we and, and, <clears throat> and it means that men have to create the structures and the systems just like everybody else. Has. Exactly. You know, so that when stuff happens, we can at least deal with it. Because I don't even think sometimes, you know, we're all going to fail. But when we don't even have a system to, to get the accountability part, then, man, it's like, okay, you know, at some point it's like, man, yeah. what am I to do? Yeah. It's funny, um, you, you said in the video, everyone can't handle um, a veteran of survival like black women. And when you, when you said that, the first thing it made me think about, because you were talking about how women... 
<clears throat> black women back in slavery times used to put their bodies on the line uh, for black men. And it's crazy because it instantly made me think about that Nat Turner movie, uh, Birth of a Nation, when the white dude wanted to sleep with Gabrielle Union, but the black man was willing to die that he wouldn't get a chance to sleep with his woman. But not to be funny, right. the black woman, she knew that it's like, no, let me do this because what's going to happen? She was th They didn't say this in the movie, but if you think in your mind, the black woman is so, mar so smart to think, let me give myself to him, even though I may not want it, because all he's going to do in any way is kill you if you don't allow it, and they're going to rape me anyway, and it's going to be worse on me if you fight. And it, they think ahead, man, to save the family, bro. It's crazy, man. Black women yeah, are powerful, bro. And that's exact. That's exact. That's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. That's exactly what I was talking about. I was, I was like, I don't think we realize. Yeah. You know that 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 like the value in that, and to just ignore that part, and then just look at some frustration that occurs as a result of having to do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, yo, man, like, what's come on, man. Yeah. You know. It's, it's crazy. That's, that's very true. Very, very good it, It's difficult too, man, because I know a lot of times, like when I see uh, white women on TV being glorified, it's funny because like I tell people, I'm attracted to white women. I've dated white women. You know, it, it's, it's no big yeah. deal. But yeah. I always tell people yeah. when I see a black woman, you can find the finest white woman and you go find a black woman yeah. equal like that. It's no comparison, man. The way, I mean, <laughs> even when a black woman sweat, it's like they glisten. You know, it ain't no red spots yeah. and burns and flaky yeah, skin. Man. They glisten. It's like they adapt to whatever the situation is around them. So right. when you made that right. statement about everyone can't handle a veteran of a survival of a black woman, like what may, what does that mean? Like what's the essence of that statement? Well, I'm saying that for example, what the essence of that statement is is basically if you let you let's connect what you just talked about with what happened at Birth of a Nation. Yeah. Um, let's connect that to let's say you know you got a guy who hasn't gone through. Like for example, let's take let's take a a, a a black guy who's been raised pretty much by his mother mostly, wasn't uh, didn't really have to wasn't taught responsibility um, because it's, maybe his father wasn't in his life, right? Yeah. Um. So you know, half the time he was in school, half now a lot of these let's let a lot of these factors are outside of his control and not his fault, but it's just the reality of how he had to grow up because of what this, because of where we are. Yeah. But let's just say this is a scenario where he did he wasn't he didn't necessarily he wasn't necessarily taught or didn't learn or wasn't mentored to have the discipline, to have the uh, the work ethic uh of just let's just say getting his getting his, you know, schoolwork together or yeah. you know that type of thing. Also so now he's uh eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old and he's you know, he doesn't have the discipline to necessarily work a job because he does he was didn't have the training, he was younger. So now he comes across a woman who, let's say, was raised in a very similar situation, but his, but her mother was telling her, look, the only way you're going to get through is you got to get these books, you got to have this discipline, and you got to, so by the time, and then through that, throughout that time, as she's going through that, she's also fighting off uh, dudes who's, you know, she's attractive, so let's say she's fighting off dudes who constantly whistling at her, yeah. maybe in many, in some, in a lot of cases, because many Many of our women in general have been touched and molested and that type of thing. Very and true. had to survive that oftentimes by their uncle or sometimes by their father, sometimes yeah. by, you know, by somebody or somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And so not only they so they've had to learn to navigate that type of thing. And I'm talking about in today. We you know, I'm connecting yesterday what happened yesterday, what happened today. So they navigate in that yeah. and through all that, but they're still in their books, they're still getting what they gotta get, they're still getting their education. It's they're still as soon as they're allowed to work, they're keeping their jobs. They're doing so, and then they let's say they have a relationship, they have a baby or something, but it doesn't work out with the guy. 
they have the child, so they're taking care of the child. They're sacrificing most of the time. It's 80, 90% um, them taking the time with that particular child. And the guy, most of the time, because of his life, been kind of in and out, uh, he's he's never really had to have had a life of training, training and commitment uh, to anything, not yeah. let alone relationships. But now they meet and they like each other, right? Yeah. But the difference is one has one ha- one's life has been one who's actually uh, overcame a lot of uh, consistent hardship, and not only just overcame that hardship, but also excelled and, and made a life for himself. Yeah. And the other person is still floating, trying to find his way. True. Well, when you have those two people, they, that that person is not equipped to handle. He can't even understand what she understands very naturally because she's been doing it all her life. True. No, I understand. And with this video, you know, a lot of times when you, you when you speak out about anything, you know, socially conscious or making people aware of things or especially when you're speaking out for black women, um, I, I think it's Kofi Sirabe. Well, you know, even him, when he spoke about black women and, you know, pumping them up, he took flack for that. And for you, I went through some of your comments on the on, on your page under the video and it was somebody named Mac Hearn. And they said, wait a minute, being raped is not sacrificing anything. It's rape. But I know the purpose of making this video is for like, so carry on. What do you say to people who think that you're doing something? It's so crazy that people always think that people are doing something for a platform when you're speaking the truth. But what do you do, and how do you handle the backlash of people in that ignorance, man? Man, well, I do what you saw in that thing. I didn't, say, I, I, <laughs> didn't I reply at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey. it, because unless, you know, now, if I'm in a situation where I have to confront it, then, yeah, we can talk about it. Because at the end of the day, you know, that's, you know, I, I tell you what. I mean, you got to, look, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. You can't know what's in, you know, nobody knows what's in a person's heart. Yeah. Now you trying to read somebody's heart. Yeah, very true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm doing the best I can. So if you think you can read my heart, that's between you and whoever you, you know, whatever it means. You think that got nothing to do with your opinion of me ain't got nothing to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know you. No, that's you know true. what I'm saying? I've never met. So for you to say that, I mean, that's really on you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, you know, you want to do this. But like, so for me, um, I understand that that comes with the territory. True. You know what I'm saying? It's always going to be somebody who questions your motive and that type of thing. But it comes with the territory, man. I don't, I don't pay that stuff. I don't pay that stuff don't mind because it don't got nothing to do with me. And, you know, yeah. and, and, and I ask, I always challenge people, hey, you know what? If you care about the issue, then you, you, you do better you speak than me. On it. I yeah, exactly. You speak on it. You know? And it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy that it turns out like that. Now, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, do you feel as black people sometimes that we can be you know, pro-black to a fault, you know, some black people, you know, when they're like, we can have a message about uplifting, you know, black women and, and protecting our black women. But, you know, oftentimes, I don't know if you've seen the video with like Dr. Umar Johnson, where he said, I don't respect yeah, any black yeah. man who marries a white woman. You know, how do you, do yeah, you feel like we can yeah. be too pro-black to a fault? Can Are we able to, you know, be like a Jesse Williams, speak about black issues, but be with a white woman?
when when black pro black over supersedes justice. Yeah. You know, justice uh, justice has to always supersede uh, color. Okay. Because there are black people who also let, let's be there. Are, it's not like there are there are evil black people. Very much. You know what I'm yes. saying? There, are, there are black people who have done crazy. I mean, everybody, and every, and every black person I know in my life also has they've had good encounters with black people, and they've had encounters with black people who tried to use them, abuse them. There black people who rape, who murder. You know, you know. Yeah. So in every instant, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, to, you can't just say, "Oh, because it's black, it gives you a pass," and no longer, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, and no longer do you have to uh, um, stand up to the scrutiny of what it means to be a, a decent human being. So. If you happen, I don't, and I don't believe in policing love. Yeah, I don't believe in policing love. I don't believe in policing who you should love. I'm, I'm, I'm only saying stop, like you said, stop, um, stop berating, stop um, degrading our black women. Yeah, what you do with your personal life is your personal business. Don't turn the you whole thing saying? down. And and, and 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 the bottom line is, there's some people who who might even admit, like, look, I know I'm programmed. I might, I might not even admit I'm programmed. I, I don't like, I don't know why I'm not attracted to black women, but I'm not. Yeah. I don't think it's a good thing, but I'm not. So yeah. these are people I date. But I love black women. I'm not a problem with you saying it. Because I don't, I, it's better for you to be truthful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It ain't that ruining somebody trying to fake it. No. You know? I agree. Um, so no, I, I know. I definitely, I definitely don't believe. And, you know, being a Muslim, but that my faith informs me when it comes to things like that. And yeah. that is that, you know, the bottom line as a Muslim is that the first thing that we are judged by. Uh, by is is our character. Yeah, you know, is our is is our character. And so, you know, one of the things that I think, like for example, let's say you're a black person in a relationship with a white. I think a black person in a relationship with a white person who say supports from the sideline. If you let's say you're into black nationalism, mm-hmm. and you are, you know, you're, you know, you have put X amount of money into black causes and X, Y, and Z, but the person who you have to be with happens to be white. Um, but that person is helping you by putting money into you. Yeah, and they, they support you everywhere you go. You go down. You might not see them, but they support you. That's yeah. better than being with a black person who might who might be not good for you because y'all incompatible. Y'all yelling at each other constantly. Y'all y'all hurting each other's spirit. Yeah. Because if you have a toxic relationship, whether it's black on black, it's it's very hurtful and it takes it takes away your productivity and that type of thing. Yeah. So relationships are still relationships. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah, they work, true. sometimes they don't. Um, so I don't, you know, no, so I don't, I don't ascribe to that. I don't care whether, you, I don't really care who you married to. I care that you, that you care about the cause and try to help the cause of the marginalized people, regardless of who your color is. That's what I'm more concerned with. Okay. So if somebody came to you and said, Khalil Ishmael, what do you feel your yes. social responsibility is? What would be your reply? Well, I, what I feel my what? Social responsibility is. It's tough, man. I've been asked that question, and I'm like, I don't. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I, 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 I guess to put it in a nutshell, is where, wherever I find that I have a bit more privilege, um, to to help people who have a little bit less privilege than what I have. Yeah. So you know, for example, I like that's <laughs> to be honest. That's part of the reason why I did the video is because I, my experience with black women is, you know, has been amazing um, and my experience with black men women ha- it's taught me so much yeah you know and my wife is, is, is a black woman and shoot my wife my wife teaches me something every day yeah. you know what i'm saying so so uh i can share that you know if i see people who are ignorant of that particular thing 
And I think it's my duty then to go, if I have the ability to articulate that, then to share that with people who might not have that understanding. Because I also believe there's also a lot of ignorance involved with this stuff. It's not all just uh, people just being malicious about this stuff. Yeah. yeah these people, like that, that Kodak Black thing, I'm sorry, that's just ignorance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually had it on. uh, I actually talked about it a little bit on uh, on the last about a couple episodes ago. And for one, I was like, "It's ignorance. He's young, and it's ignorance." But I can't let him slide just because he's young. Because even even at that age, even at that age, I knew better than that, and I still knew how to use my you know words to if I wanted to make a point of what type of woman I I would like. I mean, I would have did something as simple as I think black women are beautiful. I love black women, but I find myself more attracted to light-skinned women not because they look better it's right. just a preference and who knows my it's mind my, could shift yeah it's right. my preference but my right. mind could shift tomorrow and I, and I may right. want to be with a black woman that's darker skinned because you know why I just truly have an affinity for women he could have sold it like that right. and he probably would have been a little right. bit better of course you would still have people saying something because they just feel like you know you should say what they want you to say but he would have saved right. himself a little bit more than doing that right I, no absolutely I, I, I agree. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. Ignorance is not absolved in check. Exactly. You know, that, that, you know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot of, you know, racists who, you know, who probably are ignorant, but that doesn't absolve being checked and sometimes check, check very sternly. Yeah. So, you know, so, so no, no, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. But, but I then, think, I think social, I think, huh? No, go ahead. No, you're fine. No, I was saying, so, I mean, it's really to put it, you know, I think everybody, for example, even though, even though they're, you know, for example, we, we always talk about white privilege, but every person, you know, Charlemagne has to, you know, think about black, it. About black yeah. person, talked about him earlier. Everyone actually had. You will find most people, the majority of people in the world, when you when you have some type of privilege, exactly. you know, whether that be uh, if you don't have money, you might have intellectual privilege. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or you might have uh, spiritual privilege. Or you know, it might be. It just depends. You might have emotional privilege. You might have some things that you could like. For example. I think that black people have an ability to say things that don't nobody else can't can, can nobody else say. Exactly. Let's be real. Like there's yeah. stuff that we can say. Nobody else. Well, it, it, you we know, also have a responsibility. Exactly, but it's so funny. Even, even with, I know you're talking about something bigger when you say it's some certain things black people can say that not everybody can say. But it's even as something as small yeah. as think about you know rappers like Lil Wayne, you know Fifty Cent, Lil Wayne, you know whatever, whatever. Right. They have these names to where when we say them, they roll off the you know off our tongue. Lil Uzi, you know Future, right. or whatever. If a white person said it's like Fifty Cent said, or it's like Lil Wayne, it's like even when they say they. <laughs> say it and it's like their their enunciation is so strong like they're trying to pronounce it right. pronounce it like it's you know right. something they're reading in a college handbook and it's like nah man you don't have to try that hard but that's the thing that makes black people right. so beautiful everything we do is right. effortless hip-hop is now the right. number one genre right. you know what though hip-hop has been the number one genre that's why it's so important right. to make sure we start steering right. in the in you know in the routes of like the khalil ishmael nasheeds and gold link and the new right. jay-z and the old kanye right. you know that's why it's so important right. to have the j coles and the kendrick lamars to spit this new message because you are a role model even if you don't want to be and that influence that we're looking for we don't have to be a president of the united states you could take the influence you have now like lebron and them to do things outside of rap outside of basketball and that's where it really starts you know to trickle down is by educating and exposing uh giving exposure to the younger generation of you know what they can do so it's 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 crazy man right it's crazy no absolutely absolutely yeah I, i agree I agree. You know what I'm saying? That's our like we have like you know God gave us the 
God gave us this gift. Everybody follows whatever we do. Okay. You know, whatever like we can walk a certain way, talk a certain way, no matter how we do it, they go the world follows. And Very that's true. different. Nobody nobody anybody else has that. Very true. You know what I'm saying? So so you know, so that you know, so that also comes with a certain like you said, it comes with a certain amount of responsibility. Sure. So my, my thought is with every privilege comes responsibility and I think what happens is when you see a lot, much of what happens in the world is when someone gets privilege, you know, what they do is they, they spend more time trying to keep that privilege and expand on the privilege that they have as opposed to sharing it and making it, making it, more, making it a more even playing field. Instead, what we do is we say we almost feel like we have the right to be, it's almost like we, we end up making ourselves the chosen ones or yeah. above other people because of the privilege that we have. Yeah. You know, as opposed to seeing it as and being grateful for it as a gift, you know what I'm saying, and using it for good. And I think that's why I think I think if if there's anything about our social responsibility, it is we have to whenever we have to always be constantly looking at what the privilege that we have is and using that privilege for good, How, whatever that means in your particular context. Yeah, no, I understand. So before we get ready to get out of yeah. here, what what what's uh what's next for Khalil Ishmael? Um, so I'm like I'm working on a book uh, about relationships because I think it's really I do think that the family unit, you know, I I'm, I agree with Omar Johnson about that the family unit it has to be you know mended yeah. if we as black people are going to move forward. So I'm writing a relationship. I mean, I'm writing a book uh, right now about relationships and commitment um, that I hope to release in the next couple of months um, called In Lust and Love, um, which deals with. Uh, kind of the, uh, the, the the actual, the marriage of lust and love, because I think what happens a lot of times is that we tend to, we tend to vilify lust and we tend to uh, fantasize love. Yeah. And we need both, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we actually need both. We need it's, to come to a little Life is about balance. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so I wanted to do something like that in the context of how we can actually bring our, in a practical way, um, start forging our families back together because when you really look at what's going on especially with this this white con because remember whiteness is a construct and therefore blackness is a construct yeah um even though you know i call i identify as black because that's the reality of the situation that we're in yeah we have to also look at it realistically both of them are constructs what is re- what is white really there's no such thing as white culture yeah you know what i'm saying oh my black shit bro i just said i just said that last week i was like white people don't have a culture <laughs> they re- they really don't. I just said that. I was like, no it's disrespect not, to white people, but it's just it's not. But there, but guess, but there is Italian culture. There is Irish culture. Yes. There, you know what I'm saying? There yeah, is British is. culture. So you see what I'm saying? So, so what? But what, what? By what happens is by us kind of putting everything in a black and white construct, we actually erase uh, the very the, the the ethnicity aspect of it, which yeah. is what when you look at the history of the world. It's usually families and tribes that build nations, and those families and tribes build cultures. Yeah. And then those tribes and those you know and those tribes combine, and cultures come from that. Yeah. What we've done is by putting all blacks in one particular box and trying to make them monolithic, which we are not. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We, we got all black. We got black people of all types, kinds, shapes, colors, aspirations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't, you know, I can't represent all black people. No one can. No. Because everybody's got their own idea of what it even means. What it is, yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? But when you when, but when you start getting back into families, when family structures are built and family structures combine 
then those families come together, and then more families come together. Next thing you know, a community is built, and it's a lot easier to forge an identity. And then those community, and then multiple communities come together, and they form alliances, and then it's more uh, and more easy to form nations. You it's, see what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's why like, I tell people all the time, man. And and that's why I tell people yeah. all the time it's easier as a black person to black people are dichotomous. You know, we can be. Right. You know, we could be who we are like this, and then we know how to go to corporate America and be what they what they need us right. to be. But with white people, right. it's like they are who they are all the time. They don't have to really right. change or you know right. change their stripes to fit in or do anything because, unfortunately, you know they've stolen and done all of this stuff to create this right. concept or or, right. or this image of society right now. But I love the fact right. that we can be dichotomous because it's always like I tell people when somebody asks me, "Would you prefer street smarts or book smarts?" I always say street smarts. Because street smarts can teach you books. Books can't teach you the streets, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll say this. White white people, most white people suffer from the construct of whiteness. They don't suffer like black people. Exactly. They're the second sufferer. Black people suffer more from the construct of whiteness. But white people, most white people suffer from the construct of whiteness as well. Yeah. Because this construct is actually created to keep the elite few rich. Exactly. So by... You know, so you know what you know the game by yeah. by making you feel by making most poor most most white people are struggling. To actually, most white people are actually struggling. It's just more black people are struggling far more. Exactly, than white exactly. It's, a, it's 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 that four form. It's that four family narrative. You know, it's always been that four family yeah. hierarchy. Everybody's not rich. It's that that's why the one percent yeah. is yeah. so important. Yep, exactly, exactly. And so you tell a white person pretty much as long as they feel as if they're at least. You could be poor and white, yeah. But as long, at least I ain't as poor as them. At least I ain't them black. Yep, that's true. Then, then you control. Then you control how. Then you control. Them. And, yeah. and I think what's happening now is because black people, like we do, all, like we do, anytime we get in any place where it's a social situation, we taking over the internet. Yeah. So now white people are feeling. White people are kind of feeling upset. Regular white people are a bit upset because yeah. they don't feel anymore as if. They realize, wait a minute, we're not, we're not better than them. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like that, we, they knew. I mean, they knew that, bro. They knew that from the jump. That's why yeah, they started yeah, creating the narrative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that. You're right. They, you're actually right. They knew it. Now it's in their face. Like yeah. they, before, it wasn't in their face. So they yeah. can kind of create the fantasy. Mm-hmm. And, but now, anytime you get on the internet, and black people run the internet. Like, we run you, the internet. I mean, even from the mean perspective, like we run it, yo. Like hey. it's crazy. We crack people up. But we run it, and so I don't think people realize how much having a, a, a pride, pride, um, and and feeling like you're socially superior yeah. plays a lot into how you actually live your life. Yeah. So because more and more white people, and I kind of believe that they're kind of doing this on purpose because they kind of want to, they kind of want poor blacks and poor whites right now to kind of be at odds, yeah. you know, with each other because yeah. there ain't that many jobs, and you, you know, let, let them let them hurt each other because they, you know. And, and you know, what the, going, especially like well, what Trump did. Yeah. Come on, man. This is getting silly. Yeah. yeah. It's silly. They know that yeah. the thing about it is they the government especially they know the many are the few. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, right. the, well, it's a reverse. The few really is the many. You know what I'm saying? And it's right, like if right, you split right, that right. many in half and get them on the side of the right. few, then you can take back what you've been trying to do. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's so important. It's just like these people, you know, who voted for Trump. And it's like now, even though they know he's doing wrong, they're not going to come out and speak against him. You know, white people right. ain't never been right. good at saying, you know what? I, my, I apologize. It's my fault. That's yep, not yep, in, you yep, know, yep, those yep, words are not yep. in that lexicon, man. So you don't have to ever yep. worry about a white person yep. apologizing to you. 
So, yeah, at least without some kind of aggressive way, a way of saying, well, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry you felt that way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry I did it. I'm sorry you felt that way. That's yeah. No, that's true. That's true, bro. Man, I appreciate you for coming on this show, man. I, I definitely, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, man. We I feel like we got to do something together, man. I definitely want to push, you know, help you and help any in any way I can, man, in promoting what you're doing. Um, tell them about your website and how they can find you on social media. Okay, so my uh, my website is khalilismail.com. It's K-H-A-L-I-L-I-S-M-A-I-L.com. Um, my, my Facebook is facebook.com slash khalilismail. Um, Twitter, Twitter slash khalilismail, twitter.com. And then Instagram is khalilismail again. And then... Um, my YouTube is Khalil Smile TV, and um, yeah, what I'm doing is I'm like I said, I'm working on stuff. I'm actually kind of rebranding, rebranding because before I was mainly just doing music and stuff. Uh-huh. Because of my, all my social experience and mentorship experience, I'm gonna start to I'm gonna start to start moving towards balancing. So I'm still gonna continue to do music, create and do film and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm also gonna start doing some uh, some you know just some uh, some uh, self help um, coaching stuff type type of stuff too for you know. For improving, especially what's going on with black people, but humanity in general, man. Just I got some ideas about, you know, how humanity can better get along and stuff. So I just kind of want to express that as well. So I'm doing some writing and some books, um, and working on some books and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, let's let's work. You know, hey, man, I'm, you know, I, sometimes I was actually in Dallas a couple of, uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah, so, I was in know, D.C. just I'm last month. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, like, yeah, let me know, man. Um, we can definitely, and like, and like I said, I'll let you know when my stuff. You know, I'll even send you the article I wrote about the interracial interracial thing if you want to, like, you know, tell people about it. That would be great. Okay, okay, most definitely, man. Well, we'll definitely connect. Um, before I get out of here, I want you guys to know you can follow us at www.therealityis.com. Keep up with the website. Keep up with upcoming events that are happening here in Dallas. Uh, keep up with other interviews. Also, if you want to be on the Reality Is podcast, be sure to email us at info at therealityis.com. You can follow us on social media at The Reality Is. That's T-H-A, The Reality Is, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can listen to us on Apple Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Blog Talk Radio. And I think we have about one one more month left on SoundCloud because SoundCloud actually has been bought out and they will no longer be SoundCloud. But we appreciate you guys for listening and always, as always, remember to inhale and cur- inhale courage to excel success. I'm getting tongue tied today, man. I appreciate you for coming on the podcast, bro. Al Mutakabir, supreme and greatness, the majestic, made us from clay, read of his spirit, he is ever blessed, and Khalid creator. Well, since me and Khalil was tripping, man, we forgot to even tell you the names of his albums and where you can get them from. You can definitely go to Apple Music and download his music or purchase purchase his music. He has five albums out The Hoping, Red Pill Electronic, Freedom Fighters, Soul Redemption, Soul Submission. Go and support the homie Khalil Ishmael. Again, appreciate you for coming on the show, bro. The maker, he is the form shaper. Yeah, Allah, I think of you and I feel safer. Your presence got me not worry about the haters. El Ghafar, the forgiver of the sinners. El Qahar, the subduer, the ender. El Wahab, the bestower, no one's higher. Al Razak, the provider. El Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. 
tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Okay, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of purple. The mattress, that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through so you can sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply.